We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome in to the Irish Breakdown. We have a special show on this Thursday evening. Hope everyone is doing well. And yes, Notre Dame has added once again to the 2025 recruiting class, four-star offensive tackle, Owen Strebick, Catholic Memorial, Waukesha, Wisconsin. He's ranked 66th in the nation, according to rivals. That's a pretty good haul right there. Mm -hmm. For Joe Rudolph and that offensive line in the 25 class. Great pickup for Notre Dame. It's been long rumored, I would say, or <laughs> thought of that Notre Dame would land his services. I mean, he visited. How Notre about Dame. assumed? How yeah. about assumed? Long assumed that he was going to give it to Notre Dame. <laughs> he visited Notre Dame six times and didn't even realize when Ryan Roberts actually put that in the story. He contacted Ryan and said, Is this? Have I really visited six times? Like, yes, young man. You, you love South Bend. You love the program. And this is a great pickup. And so let's just talk about the backstory. Before we do, make sure you subscribe to Irish Breakdown, okay? On YouTube, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. It helps us out. Leave your comments. We appreciate that. And then on top of that, for all of our great intel, not just about Owen Strebick leading up to this announcement this evening, for other people coming up in the 25 class, especially coming up during the spring, go to boardsirishbreakdown.com. Sign up for the message board for all of our great content from Brian, myself, Ryan Roberts. It's the best way to get the best information for all of the upcoming recruits and recruiting for Notre Dame football. So, well, Idris. Speaking of commitment, Sean, obviously yeah. – um, we, things have changed a little bit. Sean, you've uh, committed to uh, a little bit, a little bit 
to Irish Breakdown. Obviously, uh, you're going to be a much more involved than the day-to-day recruiting coverage at Notre Dame. So you and I agreed to a contract this morning. So yeah. that's going to expand it. Sean, uh, uh, Sean's always been a bit of a you know, always been a, a member of our family here, but now this is a little bit more official. So more recruiting coverage coming from you, you know, obviously assisting with Ryan and a little bit more. So this means the RTCF shows back. Absolutely. Uh, we'll probably kick that off either. If not this Saturday, next Saturday, that's going to be back. So you're going to see even more and more of Sean Davis as part of the Irish breakdown uh, family, which again, boards at Irishbreakdown.com. You get a lot of the Intel that we have. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, but Sean, this is a show. That's about a much bigger commitment than you and I, literally and figuratively, and, and that's Owen Strebig. This this is a big one for Notre Dame. And again, I, I use that uh, figuratively and literally. This is a massive young man, 6'8", 295. This is a massive commitment for Notre Dame. And and for a lot of different reasons we'll dive into, Sean. But like the backstory here is 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 really cool because you know, Ryan just I just published a story at, at irishbreakdown.com uh, that Ryan wrote. And he, you know, he interviewed Owen a couple of days ago about the commitment. So we've been kind of had this story just waiting until Owen committed. And he talked about how, you know, his high school coach has known Joe Rudolph for a long time because obviously Joe Rudolph was at Wisconsin. So there is that connection there with Joe Rudolph. Uh, did a great job there. You know, we talked about one of the big questions with with uh, with with Joe Rudolph was going to be, you know, would he be able to recruit to a place like Notre Dame? Like we know he could find the the three star hidden gems at Wisconsin and develop those guys up like he did there. You know, but could he go toe to toe with Miami, with Florida State, with USC, with Alabama, with Georgia for the top offensive lineman in college football? And he has so far. I mean, getting Gerby Lambert, you had to beat to the best of the best to get him. You know, to get Styles Prescott, who had Bama off or Ohio State off or Michigan off or, and now Owen Strebig, who you literally beat teams from all across the country for. You've seen Will Black, who's committed to Notre Dame, has recently just got offered by, I think, Alabama yesterday or the day before. And so this kind of answers a big question mark that we had about Joe Rudolph was, number one, would he be willing to go after the top guys or would he kind of settle for the projects? And then number two, could he go toe-to-toe with these top these top programs? And so far – his tenure in Notre Dame has been certainly a success when it comes to going out, finding the best, and landing the best. That's a big part of this backstory because, like, we've talked a lot about the Owen Strebig aspect of this, Sean. But could Joe Rudolph finish the deal and seal the deal? And honestly, the concern I had was Owen was so high on Notre Dame so early yeah. that you just kind of felt like that could create an opportunity where maybe some other schools could tear Notre Dame down. They were the top target everybody was shooting for, and it just never worked. Owen was on Notre Dame the whole time. Coach Rudolph stayed on him the whole time. And what we all assumed was going to happen eventually has now officially happened. And Deuce Knight now has a couple bookends at tackle for himself in the 2025 class. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, Deuce feels really good knowing that those two guys are going to have his back and his front covered when he finally arrives on campus. You talk about that backstory, and this is something we've seen in the 25 class with a lot of recruits, because we're going to get to the remaining guys on the board on the offensive line in a few minutes. But when we talk about Owen Streebick and him visiting, I think one of the things that stood out for him, you talked about the relationship that his high school coach had with Joe Rudolph, but also the relationship he was able to build with Joe Rudolph. And we can never forget the overarching Notre Dame offensive line culture. And what do I mean by that? When young men come in for years, the way the offensive line moves as a herd <laughs> around campus, off the field, on the field, is very impressive, impressive, and it always weighs on the hearts of young people. I believe Charles Jagusaw even spoke about it. It's not just about watching the starters getting coached hard. Even the backups are coached hard. Mm-hmm. Most young men that come in, they know they're eventually going to be backups before they become starters. And that culture is still there. And you can talk about Harry Heastan being the author of that culture, or the creator, and going back before that all the way back to the 90s. Look, that is Notre Dame football. It is old line you. And it's something that's always going to be impressive. And I think it's something that showed up in this recruitment of Owen Streetick as well, Brian. Oh, there's no question. And, and you know, one of the things about this, as what you're talking about, Sean, and the O-line U aspect, and it's talk about Landon Gerby and Landon Styles Prescott and Landon Peter Jones, and then year before that, Charles Jagasaw and Sullivan Absher, highly ranked guys, and the year before that, it was Joe Walt and Blake Fisher, and is you find out who's truly are the competitors, right? And, and that's the thing is Owen Strebig has been leaning to Notre Dame since before Gerby Lambert committed. There is a much faster path to starting at USC or Owen Strebig, then there's Notre Dame. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. We all know that they've got issues in the offensive line. There's a much faster path to Owen Strebig getting starting lineup at Florida State and at, and at Wisconsin than Notre Dame. But it just never phased him. Gary Lambert commits, I don't care. You know, Styles Prescott commits, I don't care. You know, Will Black commits, I don't care. It's this is the place I want to be. And you find that out. That's, that's one of the hidden things about what makes O-line you O-line you is – in order to, to get these big-time kids year after year after year, you know you're getting kids that are willing to compete. You look at Sullivan Absher and Sam Pendleton. They were looking at a depth chart loaded with you know, guys, Billy Shrouths and Ashton Craigs and Rocco Spindlers and guys like that, right? You look at Peter Jones. He's looking at a depth chart that's got those guys plus Sullivan Absher and Sam Pendleton, right? Joe Wadding. And you find out who the competitors are. Who are the guys that are like, look, I'm going to Notre Dame. I'm going to get developed, and I don't care who's in front of me. I'm going to go there and battle. 
And that says something a lot, uh, says a lot about Owen Street as well, Sean, when you talk about this, because as I said, man, these people have been, been coming at Notre Dame for months trying to tear down the big dog in his recruitment. And it just never worked. And, and kudos to the staff for staying on him and staying patient because I had a buddy of mine, Sean, it was funny. He was like, you know, I, I don't know, man, I think this kid might, might be too big time for Notre Dame. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you know, he should have already been committed by now. And I was like, bruh, it's, this was a couple weeks ago. It's January of his junior year. You know, like this is still really early, but he's just been on campus so long, so often. And it's been assumed he would join so often. It just seemed like he was dragging it out. But I'm like, it's now February of his junior year. It's still way early. And now he's a member of the class, Sean. And, and as we said, it's a, it's a big pickup for Notre Dame. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Once again, Catholic Memorial, Waukesha, Wisconsin's Four-star, ranked 66 nationally by rivals Owen Strebick, commits to the University of Notre Dame. Huge get, talking about the backstory, but let's move forward. What's the impact of this young man on this class and on the offensive line room with the talents that he has? Well, Sean, it's kind of interesting. You know, we've talked a lot about the last couple of years. I know you and I have talked about it. Ryan and I have talked about it. You and Ryan have talked about it the last couple of years. You know, Notre Dame really needed to have some success the last couple of years in rebuilding, number one, the depth of the line, and then the talent of the line, right? And, and they've done they've gone a long way towards that in recent years. You know, they signed a five-man class in 2022, or excuse me, 2021, that was the mm -hmm. Joe Walt class, the Blake Fisher class, and then 2022, they signed another five-man class. Sadly, that went down to four when Joey Tonona had his accident. And then in 2023, they signed a five-man class. And then in 2024, it's another really good four-man class. And it's strong numbers top to bottom, right? And so you go into the 2025 class, and it's no longer about numbers. Now it's about impact talent. Can you land impact talent? Owen Strebig is impact talent, you know, from a potential upside standpoint. Here's the other thing. One of the concerns that we had, and this is even true of the first line class that Coach Eastam put together at Notre Dame, was it was a very interior dominant group of linemen. The 2021, 2022, Notre Dame had not signed the necessary tackle depth. And some of the guys they projected to tackle, like Tai Chan in past classes, weren't guys that I thought really projected best to tackle. And so you have a lot of these like guys that maybe look like tackles, but are better suited inside. And so you had to really build it back up. Last year was a really good first step towards that. When you got Gerby Lambert, Styles Prescott, and I also believe Peter Jones can play right tackle if you need him to. I, I like Peter. I think he's got the, the skills to play there. I would prefer him to be inside. But the point is you have a third guy that could maybe play tackle. I don't know that Anthony Knapp, can play tackle uh, it, because of the size, but he certainly has athleticism and the pop to play tackle, right? So you went a long way there. This was the class that was going to determine whether or not they could completely revamp and restore the tackle depth chart, not just O-line numbers 1 to 17, because just because you have 17 O-linemen doesn't mean you have starting five and the depth necessary. You get Will Black, who I think could play tackle or guard, you know, 6'7", 295. Owen Strebig's a pure tackle. So to me, you know, last year's class, Styles Prescott's a pure tack a, a tackle that can play guard. Peter Jones is a tackle that can play guard. Gerby's a pure tackle. You look at this year's class, Will Black's a tackle that can play guard. Owen Strebig's another pure tackle to me. 
Like this is a kid that you're like, this is a space player. This is an edge player. And so when you talk about how he impacts the class, it's those two areas. Number one, you're shooting for impact talent over numbers. Cause I think Notre Dame could end up stopping at three in this class and, and maybe say, we're going to focus on other positions on the O-line. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think this is a great O-line class either nationally, in my opinion, at least what I've seen so far, but you've now got two, six, seven long, two ninety five plus tackles in Will Black and and Owen Strebig. So I think this has gone a long way towards now you are solidifying your tackle. And now for the rest of 25 and then 26 and beyond, Joe Rudolph, Mike Denbrock, Chad Bowden, they can focus on let's get the best of the best. And the and the best of the best that fit here, not who's the highest ranked, but but the best of the best for what we're looking for at Notre Dame. And what's going to help us win, build a dominant line. And Owen Strebig obviously is a part of that as well. Because it's not just numbers, it's the impact talent that can't be dismissed. One of the things I loved about his junior film is that you can tell he's a worker. I love – see, offensive linemen in high school, Brian, they can fall in love with the fact that they just know they can go overpower guys. Because mm-hmm. maybe they face a good defense in, defensive end once or twice or maybe when they get to the playoffs in their schedule, that's really going to challenge them. But you see him working on sinking, anchoring, technique, hand punch. You can see it in his film, which lets you know he wants to be a technician. He just doesn't want to use his size to overpower you on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. That right there is something that tells me, along with his athleticism that he already has, he's going to end up being a pretty good bookend, whether he ends up a left tackle or right tackle, you know, he just might not be able to beat out the individuals at left tackle once he arrives on campus. So that might get him to switch to right tackle. You know, Charles Jagasaw was working inside because yeah. they wanted the opportunity to get him on the field. That was the quickest route because, I mean, look, Joe Alton, Blake Fisher, you can say what you want to say about Blake Fisher, but more than likely he's going to be a third round, maybe, maybe fourth round. Maybe later. Pick. Yeah. And then you got a top 10 pick on the other side. I mean, how are you going to crack that lineup? Sure. But even with that, there's a path. And, and that's the beautiful thing about college football, right? No matter what position room you go to, there is a path. You have to be willing to go ahead and do the necessary work before you get to the end of the path. Right. And in the Notre Dame offensive line room, unlike the Notre Dame wide receiver room, there is a quicker path for younger players. The running back room, there is a quicker path for freshmen to probably get on the field earlier. Offensive line quarterback, bite your time. Put in your work, get better, and when the opportunity arises, be ready to take advantage of it like a Charles Jagusaw did during bowl prep. The opportunity came forth. He was ready. He took advantage. Going into the spring, he looks to be the starting left tackle. That is going to be something with Owen Strebick coming into this offensive line room that is going to be even more loaded by the time he gets here, right. that's something that he's going to be able to lock into. But at the same at the same time, he's talented enough. That's the beautiful thing about him. He's talented enough to make an impression and push those that are in front of him. Well, Sean, the, the thing is we talked a lot about restoring the tackle depth chart, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think the competitiveness comes from what's in front but also what's behind. That's, that's the aspect that you're getting to. But the other thing is I think Gerby, Gerby Lambert can play left tackle. And I think Charles Jagasaw can play left tackle. Charles only played it for one year in high school, though. And then now we've seen it one game in college. Gerby's never played left tackle. Yeah. 
that is the other thing about this with Owen Strebeck, too, is he's a left tackle. Now, if you can play left tackle, I think you can play right tackle, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I don't think every right tackle can play left tackle. And as somebody in the chat pointed out, if when if if Deuce Knight ever takes over starting quarterback, your right tackle is now the blindside guy, which makes it interesting. You know what I mean? As far as like, hey, what do you do, Gerby and Owen? So anyway, but the point is to, to what you're saying, Sean, is you always want to have the the competition coming from front and from in front and behind for players. You want to make sure that younger players have talented players in front of them that they got to push for, but then also talented players coming up behind you, they're going to push you. And I and and that's another reason why being able to stack classes back to back to back has done. And look, I thought Joe Jeff Quinn did some really nice things recruiting at Notre Dame. He he really did. Yeah. But after other, I mean, yet Blake Fisher and Joe Walt, but there were some issues like you know with with some of the classes where just the the tackles weren't quite where they need to be. And as much as I loved Coach Eastan's first class, is, is, were there any pure tackles in the class? I you could argue there's none. Because Charles, we've so people argue Charles Jagasaw's best position might be like as a Quentin Nelson type guard. That's debatable, you know. But there's no debating that Owen Strebig is a tackle. There's no debate debating that Gerby Lambert's a tackle, and that's that's an important piece uh, to when we talk about the class impact. So great hits hits the depth numbers, hits the impact potential. I think you know we'll dive into the film here a little bit. This kid's just getting started Absolutely. on on tapping his potential. And you're also once again going out and saying we're gonna we're gonna beat we're gonna beat Florida State who just went 13 and 0. We're gonna beat USC. We're gonna beat Miami. And you had to beat two really good recruiting offensive line people in Miami. And this is something Ryan noted in the commitment preview. It's not just Alex Mirabel, the offensive line coach, who's got a strong reputation. You also have to beat out Mario Cristobal, Mario Cristobal yeah. who has a strong reputation as a line coach. So, so once again, this is a big big win for Joe Rudolph. Not not just Notre Dame. But Joe Rudolph establishing himself as that, right? Because there's always that 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 cloud hanging over his head of Harry Heastan, rightfully so. Just like people that had to replace Joe Moore, yeah. When, you know, there was greatness here before. Can you live up to that? Coach Rudolph still has a lot to prove as an O line coach, but I, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to be anything but fired up about the job he's done as a as a recruiter since he got hired at Notre Dame and Owen Streetbig's just the latest. And don't think. Joe Rudolph's a competitor like all of us. I don't I don't know Coach Rudolph. Uh, I've never had a conversation with the man. Seems like a really nice guy, but he's also a football coach and a former football player. There's some competitiveness there. You don't get to Notre Dame by by not being competitive. Going back into the state of the school that fired him to beat them for the best offensive lineman in that state, don't think there's not some champagne getting popped or, you know what I mean, for, for that one, right? That's a little bit of, okay. You know, you guys got rid of me, but I'm at Notre Dame now. Yeah. And I'm going to go into your state and I'm going to take the best that you have to offer because I'm I'm at Notre Dame. So I, I don't don't think maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm that petty, but I have a feeling that was part of not not that why they went after Owen Strebig, but part of the the excitement of of getting Owen Strebig is is certainly that little little cherry on top uh for, for Joe Rudolph. But just a big, big win for Joe Rudolph, big win for Deuce Knight. Because yeah. let's be honest, the biggest Absolutely. impact Deuce has had so far in this class has been on the defensive side of the ball. Let's be real about that. I mean, Deuce has played a big role in guys like Ivan Taylor and Christopher Burgess and guys like the offensive signees haven't really kind of picked up yet. The big time offensive guys haven't really picked up yet. So now you get on streaming, okay, that's the first big, big, literally big domino to fall. And uh, it, it's a big one.
Yeah, well, you talk about him feeling good, and we spoke with him a little bit. Ryan spoke with him recently. I spoke with him recently, and, and Deuce flat out said, yo, I came to junior day to seal the deal for Orange Streeby. And at that hockey game, we had a real, man, conversation like, hey, bro, because he knew that he had that, that visit coming up, and a lot of people were holding their breath, Brian. You know, oh, man, he's posting these pictures with Mario Cristobal and the Miami visit and this, that, and the other. And it's like, relax, man. The kid is doing his due diligence. Right. He's supposed to smile doing a, what else do you do when you take pictures? Right. You smile. Of course, you, you wanna, should look you happy. be disrespectful and throw up a sign for some other school. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. That would be super petty, though. If a kid ever did that, that would be super petty. But once again, yeah. just to highlight, it was a great pickup. Great job by Joe Rudolph. Once again, added depth at the tackle position that was much needed in this class moving forward. And then the versatility to do some other things if you want to move some of the other guys inside mm -hmm. down the line. Thank you right now for being on the Irish Breakdown podcast. Myself, Sean Davis, Brian Driscoll. We're talking about the commitment to Owen Strebick, Catholic Memorial, Waukesha, Wisconsin, number 66, according to Rivals. He is in the 2025 class. We talked about his impact. Now, let's get to his film because yeah. his film – as as uh who was that Rasheed Wallace used to say ball don't lie film don't lie ladies and gentlemen no film does not lie so let's yeah, look let, at the film let's get into this right now mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. First thing you're going to see, Sean, when you watch this kid's film is size. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's the thing is you see size. And the thing I like about him, uh, uh, where'd that go? Hold on a second. Dang YouTube. First thing you see, though, it's not just tall, right? I mean, you can mm -hmm. see it really well from that clip right there. It's not just tall. It's are you long? You can be 6'8", not long, but look how long those arms are. His highlight film reports a 34 and a half inch wingspan. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but it, it, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, you just see how long his arms are. He really can move well at that size. You can see it down there, 84 and a half. If that's accurate, that... That's huge. I mean, that like literally huge. But the thing too, Sean, is that I like about him is he's he bent. He, you see it right there. He's a six eight kid that understands pad level. There are some things he needs to do to improve the consistency with which he plays with a nice knee bend. But you could see it in that pass block right there. This is a kid that keeps his pads low for the most part, especially mm -hmm. for a younger player, and shows the ability to bend with his knees. 
we use that term, like, are you a knee bender, right? What you don't want is a guy that's a waist bender. Now, some guys do that because their technique is bad. Other guys do that because they're just very, they're not flexible. Yeah. Right. And, and so to me with, with Owen, that's not one of the clips that, that really fired me up about that, but you see a kid that shows good quickness out of a stance plays with a nice base. You can see it right there and shows the ability to bend his knees. And I think that was probably my biggest concern when I first started watching his film was, can this kid bend or is he just going to be a, you know, a Tosh Baker type that, you know, six, eight and struggles to bend. And he, he's really good a lot of the times, but you're going to get five, six snaps a game where he, he, he can't, he doesn't bend properly and guys get into his chest and drive him back. Owen has the potential to certainly be a guy that, that can, can be better, more of a Joe Walt than, than he would be in another area. And when you watch his film, some of the things that Catholic Memorial asked him to do mm-hmm. are some of the same things that was asked of Joe Alt this year. Joe Alt got out into space a lot in the Notre Dame run game, mm-hmm. got to the second level. And I love offensive linemen. When you watch their feet, it's very, very quick, quick, short steps. And when you watch him get to the second level, watch his feet. It's real quick, short steps. Mm-hmm. Even in the past pro, it's all about the kick step, how quick. And then the kick step, we learned, and we talked about this before, all kick steps are not created equally. Everybody has their own style of kick step. And this young man, like you said, yeah. you could tell he wants to be a technician and he wants to work on his game despite being much bigger than everyone else on the field. That's what you have to love about he, what you see yeah. on the film. He works at it, Sean, but there's still a lot of work needed. This is oh, an absolutely. example right here, right? Like he just kind of picks that foot up and doesn't step, which causes him to then have to kind of cross over that left foot, which causes him to lose a lot of power, right? So this clip's a perfect example of, you know, hey, look, there's a lot of work to be done. But there's a very good, there's a really nice, strong power profile there with him that when he does it right, does show me some pop. You know, he, he has good punch in his hands. He has some good strength. But as you can see there, there's a lot of clips like that where you see a guy that's really smooth right there, very fluid. Look how long he is, though, right? Like that is just crazy length right there. And why does that matter? Look, sometimes there's going to be guys who are too fast for him on the edge. But when you're that long, that's how you recover and get hands on. Does he have the hand strength to do it? That's one of his best reps right there. This one coming up. Does he, and that's a big boy he's going against, but you just see that power, that natural hand power, that natural lower body strength for a kid. And as he learns, I mean, the game and it learn, you know, cause like right there, you see as a clip, he kind of is, his hands are real straight and they're kind of locked. You know, he's got to learn to use them a little bit more violently but that length is really exceptional. You see that punch right right there. You see enough clips like this that you know as this kid gets older and continues to you like watch how violent he is bringing his hands on this particular clip Sean. Like you want to see that more. That's what I want to see more. Nice little double team there with the left guard as well. There's there's stuff you see in there to where I don't have Owen that's a really nice get off there. I don't have Owen Strebig like as a top 50 player right now because he has grown to his body and he's still a young player, but there's the tools that you're like, this kid has a, the tools to eventually be a great player. Here's the thing too about him showing you look at six, eight and the long arms, this kid's listed at two ninety five, and you've seen pictures of him. He's baby faced. He's not fat at all. He's going to be six, eight, three twenty five plus and not look fat. He's going to look a lot like I'm not saying he's as good as Joe Walt. They're different players, but body type wise, he's going to look a lot like Joe Walt did in Notre Dame. Six eight, still kind of you know thinnish looking, but three twenty five and and nimble on the outside. And that's the thing that you talked about, Sean. You know, with those the feet. 
that's an important part to this because he's not a super explosive athlete coming out mm-hmm. of a stance, but he's smooth. Yeah, he's fluid, right? He's got that real clean kick step, like you talked about. Good change of direction. You know, his base tends to narrow at times, but the tools are all there, man, for him to to be that kind of guy. And and so, man, I just there's a lot to like there, Sean. And and the thing you want when you watch the film, maybe you don't feel the same way, Sean. I'm curious. I see a kid. I'm like, dude, this kid's not even close to scratching the f- surface of what I think he can be as a player. Like, I really do think there's a lot more there for him to get to as a player to where you say, man, this this kid's going to – this kid's this kid's got a chance to be really, really good. He's not there yet, but yeah. he's got the tools to be really, really good and does come from a really good program. So I do feel like there's going to be a jump as a senior that you're going to see some of that stuff get worked out as a senior because he does come from such a, a really strong uh, football program at Catholic Memorial. Yeah. I agree with you. And when you talk about all of the skill sets that he does have, the one thing that I see in his film is that you the inconsistency is really what you're talking about. It's not like he doesn't know how to be technically sound. It's all about focus. Right. And that's the same thing that the you muscle, learn. The muscle memory is not muscle quite memory. there yet. Right? Absolutely. Because of because he's still growing. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. is like he was still growing as his junior or senior year. So, like, I can have a muscle memory for something – when I'm at this age, but then I grow six inches and, and now I have to kind of retrain myself a little bit yeah. to your point. Yes. The muscle memory is not there yet, Sean. And that's why I say like, it's there. And then focus. You're, he's a young kid. Like you yeah. said, he's still learning the game, but mm, there's a lot yeah. of work with there. I tell you, man, it's almost like being a rim protector, right? You talk about those long arms, those long arms come in handy for rim protectors in basketball, and they come in handy for left tackles, right tackles. It's like, yo, yeah. because you're not always going to be able to get close. Right. So you use that distance. So you use your arms to be able to ward off those speedier defenders that are trying to come around the edge and just run them right past, especially if he's going to be – you have a quarterback like Deuce, oh, go right ahead. Run right. past him because as soon as you run past him, he's taking off to the left or to the right. Yep. 10 yards down the field or a big plate to the house. So, well, Sean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of breaking down LSU's film. So one of the things I'm doing, and this is going to be for board members only. Yeah. I'm actually going through all of the nine kind of power five games for LSU this year that Mike Denbrock was a part of. So the floor state game and then all eight conference games. And I'm, I'm breaking it down in like every aspect. I'm breaking down their run game, pass game, personnel, all that stuff. And one of the things that I'm doing is, you know, because we knew that this was happening and, and we know that Deuce is part of the class and, and you're you're watching the, these plays where they'll run like a uh, one play they ran against against Florida State, for example, is they ran just a, an, a, a drop back pass, like RPO kind of pass where they're reading the art. But if it's not there, you just take off running. And the Florida State end comes flying up the field and Jaden Daniels is like, it's not there. Boom, just gone. You know, and then the tackles, they would do a good job of kind of then sealing inside. And that's the thing about those long tackles. I mean, you're talking about Gerby Lambert's got insane length. Owen Streeve's got insane length yeah. to where that guy tries to revert back inside to, to chase your quarterback and you're too long. He can't get you. He can't beat you back inside because you're nimble enough to kind of play the angle. But to your point, you're also long enough and Owen's strong enough where if that guy tries to take a hard outside run to me, I'm taking him, getting hands on. And then as I clear, I'm boom, you're gone. And my quarterback's taken off. And CJ can do that as well. And Kenny Minchie can do that as well in different ways. They're more climb the pocket and let loose of that post route for an 80-yard touchdown. 
is where that comes from, where Deuce just might just take off running or throw yeah. the 80-yard touchdown. And and so, but you also need to be able to have the agility to handle double moves. And when you're six eight, you're not going to be as sudden as a guy that's more six three, six four. And this is something where I think Joe Walt gets unfairly criticized by people, you know, that they're just looking for reasons to nitpick. You're not going to be six eight, and you're not. It's not going to look the same as it does for a six four guy with much shorter legs. But can you change direction with ease? And I think Owen does that well. Joe Walt does that exceptionally well. But the other thing, too, is you don't have to be perfect when you're 6'8 with 34-plus-inch arms in that regard because you can easily just – you can get your hands on. And if you have the natural power, and then like with Owen, like Owen I think is going to end up being thicker than Joe up top because Owen I just think has a naturally thicker body, mm-hmm. even though he's still on the thin side, where I think he's going to be a little bit more – barrel chested and just a little bit more there he's going to have some really good weight room strength and as long as he can stay healthy he's going to be that he's going to have those tools sean so when you break down the film man it's just like you don't see the the you don't see the big red flags for a six eight guy very often and and because they're not often they're not red flags for me because you see him bend you see him change direction and if you can do it once physically can do like if I can dunk once, then I can dunk again, right? I don't just one day I was out there feeling really good and I threw down a windmill and I could never do it again. I either have the physical ability or I don't, you know what I mean? Now, sometimes I may run and, and I can't dunk by the way, it's an example. So I can run and I can do all these different things that I want and I may get a bad start or I, you know, I can, I can barely dunk, but I can dunk, but then I get a bad start and I don't, I don't get off with the proper timing. I jump more laterally than I do. And I didn't dunk that time. Right. But then I do it again. Right. And I can dunk again. And that's what I say is like you either have the ability or you don't. It's not like hitting a baseball where, you know, I can only swing hard right down the middle of the plate. And if you throw it right there, I can I can knock it out of the park. But if I face a good pitcher, I'm not going to ever do that because he's never going to throw that ball right there. Right. Like it's a little bit different deal. Do you have the physical skill to do it or not? And with Owen, we see it enough to know that the physical trait is there. Now it just comes down to repetition, muscle memory, college-level coaching to build on the good foundation he's getting in high school, and then getting in that strength program and really filling out. Because like that's the thing to me. Like he, you know, their running back went to Penn State. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they run the football. Yeah. I mean, they're a team that wants to run the football. He likes to mix it up. He does. And as he gets stronger, he's going to be a dominant run blocker. And that's that right tackle part, Sean, that you talk about that. You could see that. Like, this kid has some of that in him. He's not just a 6'8 finesse guy that's going to be a really good pass pro guy, but he has that in him. Yeah. That's the thing. He has that in him. And it's that all-around ability and potential to me that really sets him apart from some other guys that were on the board for, for them. And, and, again, he's just going to be massive. Massive, you, massive kid. You made me think about something. Would you rather dunk or would you rather be able to throw the ball 95 miles per hour? Things that when, you know you physically can't when, do. When I was younger, yeah, well, I was a lot closer to being able to throw 95 than I could from dunking when I was in high school. So, I mean, I threw about 90 when I was in high school. Um, but, no, I would have much rather thrown 95 when I was younger because mm-hmm. it would have been more practical. But now at 45, I'd much rather be able to dunk. dunk. Yeah. Uh, if you have just, one chance, if the, good, if the good Lord said, BD, I'm going to give you one chance to dunk, and you choose the dunk that you want to complete. Which mm-hmm. one would it be? Would you do a, a windmill like Dominique, a 
Vince Carter, no. 360 windmill. No. You, you have the guy right, but you just have the wrong dunk. If I okay. could just do it one time, I would you, – you let it savor a little bit. Mm. And it would be a dunk that people don't quite understand. What just happened? And the, the dunk – of all the phenomenal dunks Vince Carter had in, in, in that, which to me was the second greatest dunking exhibition I've ever seen, only behind Dominique's mm-hmm. the year that he won it. Uh, it, it. It was the one where he dunked it through – and yeah. just kind of hung there for a second. Had his arm. Because at first you're like, wait a minute, what? What happened? What, whoa, wait a minute. He literally, you know, like, okay, it had been something like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, like, Dominique was such a powerful dunker, I'm afraid I, like, shatter my wrist with how hard Dominique slammed that thing through, man. He was, he, for, like, a, a skinnier guy, he was a ferocious dunker. Very powerful. Like, and I'd be afraid I'd hurt my hand or something. I need, Sean, I need these hands, man. I got to type. I got you know to I mean? do like, all the type. Yeah. Yeah. Do all the cooking. I, you know, I need my hands, man. So, but no, when I was a kid, 95, because that was more practical. I could have made a career out of it since I did play baseball. But now as a grown up, like how cool would it be to walk into a thing and, and just be able like, I, like one of the, when I was coach, last place I was coaching at, you know, players when they're playing basketball and I walked in and grabbed the ball and I'm in my, you know, my, my slacks and my, shorts and i kind of you know get a kid up and i just pop a three and it's like, oh you know imagine right. what it would be like if i walked into the room and i was just like hand that to me and i just went oh. <laughs> you know like okay yo that would be a moment with the nice ib shorts on yeah yeah because yeah. like if it. i was able if i used to do it one time if i was able yeah. to just throw a 95 mile an hour fastball once people look at me like, oh that looked fast but it, it wouldn't have that same oh my gosh did you yeah. see that yeah. You know what I mean? Or if I just, you know, I'm at a Notre Dame men's basketball game, ball comes over to me, I'm on the court, just grab it. I know I'm about to get go to jail for this, but it's going to be worth it. And you just go out there and you just, boom. Yeah. It'll be worth it. I'll yeah, I agree. I can, afford, I can afford to fine. Yeah, I'll bail you out, bro. I'll get... <laughs> lucky, lucky, you're lucky that left himself talked about the dunk contest or the lack of dunk contest they used to have all the time so mm-hmm. you you probably would still center stage right there at yep. that game you would have to do it at the women's game right now because i think the women's game would get more buzz with it yeah because there'd be rather more than the men's there. game yeah do it at the women's yeah. game irish breakdown yeah. podcast sean davis brian Driscoll. <coughs> excuse me subscribe hit the like button hit the notification bell and share and if you have not sign up for the message board at boardsirisbreakdown.com for all the great recruiting intel and great conversations on a daily basis amongst the fan base. All right. If you have a mailbag question, we are going to have a mailbag at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and put your mailbag questions in right now and we'll get to those. And let's seal the deal. What's left for the offensive yeah. line in the 2025 class, Brian? Like, we have about two or three guys that still might be on the board that we might be looking to close the deal on. How do you feel about those individuals? And overall, how do you think you're going to end up feeling about the totality of this O-line class? Well, it's going to be an interesting – Notre Dame has an interesting decision to make when it comes to recruiting the 2025 offensive line group because I think this is going to be a big class overall. But the question, Sean, is will this class – 
will they have to make some sacrifices in certain positions to fill up at other spots? You know, do they have to make a sacrifice, a, you know, a, a CJ May, a fourth offensive tackle to make sure that they can get a seventh or a, a sixth or seventh DB, a fourth receiver, you know, a, a fourth linebacker? Because you're sitting there saying, hey, we only need three. You got Kia. Let's say they get a commitment from like Noah McHale and they get a commitment from, you know, Nathaniel Uso Botang. I'm just doing dream scenario here. And all of a sudden, Jamar, you know, Marco Jones is like, hey, I want to come too. Do you take a fourth offensive tackle or do you say, okay, we're taking – right, the, the, that's where they're at. And because there's other positions that are so much stronger than the offensive line, I think you have to consider that in this class. You know, do you take a fourth offensive tackle or do you try to get Lincoln Cure to come play tight end for you or so, a kid like that? So I think there's still some decisions to be made for the Notre Dame staff. And so you've got two kids on the board right now on the offensive line. You've got Matty Augustine, who's a very interesting prospect uh, on the board right now from Connecticut, six foot seven, three, 260 pound kid. I have him only as a three and a half star player right now because he's still very skinny and he's still learning the game. He put on some weight this year, and I think he's having that adjustment period of putting on some weight for them this year. Uh, and so there's some tools there. I know he had a great camp with Notre Dame this summer, really impressed the staff. Just started playing football in the last, I think, two years. You know, and that's partly why he reclassified. He was originally a 24 kid, reclassified to 25, which better suits his age. And then also, you know, it gives him some time to continue developing as a football player. Staff loves him, even though he's a highly ranked guy, because it's all for them, it's all about the upside. And then the other side of it is you've got a kid like Jack Lang from Missouri, who is much more advanced right now than Matty Augustine and I would argue is in the conversation for who's the best tackle on the board right now even though I think Owen Strebe has more upside I think Jack Lane can at least say hey right now I can I can go toe-to-toe with this guy although again as I said Owen Strebe has the higher ceiling so you they have to decide okay do you do you say hey Jack Lang's a better player more of a sure thing we love Matty Augustine's upside but we're going to hold off on Maddie Augustine in order to wait for Jack Lang, knowing that you may not get Jack Lang because there's been this thing going around and I'm not sure where it's coming from. They're like Notre Dame is on the verge of landing Jack Lang and Ryan's pushed back on that. I pushed back on that. And, and apparently somebody, I don't know, Sean, you don't read other stuff, but somebody on the message board last night in the, in the Notre Dame mailbag, which we do a mailbag for IB members only on the message board where you ask whatever question you want from Wednesday to Sunday and I'll answer it. And he said that now people are saying that Notre Dame is slipping with Jack Lang. My response would be, no, they're not. It's people are now getting the correct understanding of where his recruitment is. And so Notre Dame is still in it with Jack Lang, but he has said for a long time, I'm not in any hurry to make a decision. And so if you're Notre Dame, you can run the risk of holding off on Maddie Augustine, a guy that you really like, in order to try to shoot for Jack Lang, then you don't get Jack Lang because he goes somewhere else because you're recruiting against some big dogs, Alabama, Georgia, a lot of other teams. And now you also don't get Matty Augustine. Or do you say, we'll take Matty Augustine now and still recruit Jack Lang and then decide down the road if we're going to take a fourth guy or not. That's the strategy I would employ if it was up to Notre Dame is try to close on Matty Augustine soon. And I think the commitment of Owen Strebig could expedite that process a little bit, in my opinion. That's my opinion. I'm not hinting about something I know. I I believe that it could. And I said that to a friend of mine. I said, I believe when Owen Strebe commits, 
you're going to see the dominoes start to fall pretty quickly of guys. You're going to find out real quickly how bad certain guys want to be in the class. So you call up Jack Lang. If that's your guy, hey, listen, man, I want to take one more offensive lineman. I know you're doing this, this, and this, but if you want to be part of this, you need to make that decision now. If he's not ready to make that decision and Matty Augustine is, then you can make that move. Or you just may say, hey, look, whichever one of you two wants to come first, we'll take him. Because I know the staff is very high on Jack Lang. But I also know there's members of the staff, too, that are very high on Matty Augustine's potential. Like they see a guy that – and, and the, the attractive thing about Matty Augustine for me, Sean, is he is a project. So there's no rush to get him going early. He's not going to come here and be like, well, I didn't play as a freshman. I'm out of here. You know, where a, maybe a more highly ranked guy may feel that way. With Matty, it's like you're going to need time, which isn't necessarily a bad thing when you've got Charles Jagasaw and you've got Sullivan Absher and you've got – Kirby Lambert and Styles Prescott and now Owen Strebig and Will Black, you know, take it. Do you take that chance on the, the higher ceiling guy? And I do believe this staff is really high on Matty Augustine's potential, but they also know that of the four guys on the board, he probably has the lowest floor as of right now as well. So there's, there's three decisions they could go, Sean, all that to say this, you tell Matty Augustine, hold off and you wait for Jack Lang. You take Matty Augustine now and shut her down and say, we're just taking three or you take Matty Augustine if he wants to come. And I hope that he does. And I, and I think Notre Dame leads for him. They've led for him for a long time. It's kind of similar to the own street, because I think it's more of a, a question of when, not if, but as long as that continues and then you keep recruiting Jack Lang until you're at the position where you've got to kind of make some decisions on numbers. That's that. The third one is what I would do if I was Notre Dame, but I think it's more likely that they, take Matty Augustine and shut it down, then they tell Matty Augustine no to wait for someone else. That that That's my read on it, because I do think the staff likes him quite a bit. They, they do. Look, I love Jack Lane. I totally agree with you. I think right now, if you just put them side by side and you looked at the junior film, you'll get no debate from me saying that, yo, Jack Lane can definitely go blow for blow for or- with Owen Street. If, if you chose him to be the better prospect right now, I can live with that. But the upside of Owen Strebick is huge, but I think the upside of Owen Strebick's commitment to Notre Dame today is going to have an impact like you spoke about because I think the other guys were waiting because they knew that he was a guy that really loves Notre Dame, that's been to Notre Dame six times, and they're saying, okay, I want to come, but if he doesn't come right. and he's been six times, then I have to take a step back and think. And his commitment now really starts to tug on the hearts of the other guys left on the board in a way to where they feel like, okay. There's not as much room now. Right. So it's like, okay, before Owen committed, I kind of had time. They're taking at least three. Only one guy in the class. I take my time. Now it's like, hey, there may only be one spot left. So how bad do you want to be here? What what do you want? What's more important to you? Being in part of this class? Or, or or having your fun and doing the visits. There's no wrong answer, but, yeah. you know, one of those answers may end up you, with you not being in this class. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's not something a kid wants to do, not be able to go to a school that he really wants to go to because there's no spot available. Right. That's, that's a tough that's, one. That's the worst. Yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow. Irish breakdown, great conversation about the newest member of the 2025 class Owen Strebick, Catholic Memorial Waukesha, Wisconsin four-star ranked 66th nationally 
according to rivals. And I think he has a chance. If he can take that next step in film that Charles Jagiesaw did from his junior to his senior year, maybe he jumps into the top 50. Oh, he's he's certainly a better player than Charles was as a junior. Mm-hmm. As, now, now, Charles always had like elite physical talent. Physical gifts, yeah. But as far as like where he is technical-wise, he's a much better player than Charles was as a junior. Yeah. Charles took a monster leap as a senior, to your point. Yes, correct. Correct. And and I don't want to make it seem like Owen's this super raw player that doesn't know how to play the game. He has been coached well, but he's still just a junior in high school. Yeah. And if a junior in high school had reached his peak or his max from a technical standpoint, that would concern me because that would mean he's not going to get a lot better. Yeah. So cer- certainly a big one. And I t- it's funny, Jack Lang at 6'6", is the shortest of all the tackles they're recruiting in this class because Matty Augustine is six seven. That's incredible. So they're getting longer. There's no doubt they're gonna. They're Notre. I'll tell you this. I don't know if Notre Dame's gonna win a title in the next five years, five six years. But here's what I'm gonna tell you right now, Sean. With the kind of kids they're recruiting on the offensive line, last couple of years, D line with Christopher Burgesses and the Bryce Youngs and guys, Notre Dame's gonna at least look good getting off the bus. There's no. They're gonna look intimidating get off getting off the bus. There's no doubt. And, you know, you think back to, like, the first time Notre Dame got on that championship stage in the Brian Kelly era. And, you know, Zach Martin was a great player, but you were, like, 6'4", 290 at left tackle. You were 6'3", 300 at left guard. You were 6'3", 300 at center. You know, you were uh, – who was the right guard on that team? You know, Golik was at center. Who was the right guard on that team? Do you remember who the right guard was in the 2012 team? Uh, no, Golik was a guard. And then Braxton Cave. Braxton Cave was the center. Yeah. Yeah. So he had like a six foot three, three hundred five pound center, and then Christian Lombard was like the biggest guy at like six five, three hundred five. Yeah. Think about that. That that was not a very big offensive line. No. Now you look at it, and you're just like you know six seven, three thirty. You know, six. Gerby's going to be six six, three twenty. Styles is going to be six six, three fifteen. You know, Owen Strebe is going to be six eight, three twenty five, three thirty. You know, I mean, you're you're now in a situation where you're, you're now massive. You're going to be massive up front. But the thing I like about it is none of these guys are stiffs. Solomon Absher is going to be – he's 6'6 six, six and a half, 330, 325. He's, mm-hmm. not, he's, he's an explosive, not come off the ball quick and, and blow you up kind of guy. Sam Sam Pendleton, 6'4". He's one of the small guys. He's 6'4", 310. Right. But these guys can all move. And that's where you start getting excited is if Joe Rudolph can coach – this Notre Dame offensive line for the next five, six years is going to be tremendous because the talent coming into the program is exceptional. And, boy, you, you, it's hard to not get fired up about that, Sean. So, ladies and gentlemen, when Marcus Freeman walks out of the tunnel next year, he did not shrink. The offensive lineman just got a little bit taller and bigger. He has not shrunk. Well, I mean, think about that, Sean. You had 6'8", 320-pound Joe Wald at left tackle this year, and six foot six, three hundred ten pound to 315-pound Blake Fisher at right tackle. That's going to be small compared to what it's going to look like the next year. Absolutely. You, we have true freshmen walking in right. at 6'6", I mean, 300, 305. So. Charles Jagasaw was 6'7", 330. Yeah. Selvin Absher was listed as 6'6", 326. Gerby Lambert's going to be 6'6", 315, 320. You know, I, I mean, Tosh Baker, 6'8", 315. I mean, they're, they're, they're getting big. There's and no we've doubt traditionally about that. had smaller centers. 
Right. And that's changed with Ashton, Ashton Craig Craig's a little bit. Four and a half, 305. Yeah. He'll be 310, 312 when it's all said and done. Yeah. Yeah. You are correct. You are correct. All right. Well, that's it for this part of the show where we've highlighted Owen Strebick and his commitment to Notre Dame. Don't forget the Irish Breakdown YouTube page. Like it, subscribe to it, hit the notification bell, and share and let everybody know about Irish Breakdown. Then go to boardsirishbreakdown.com for all your recruiting intel. Like you said, the mailbag that's there for the fans Wednesday through the weekend. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Yeah. So like, I'll just kind of, yeah, just as, as long as you all keep popping in questions, I'll keep answering them. That that's basically what it, that's where it is. Yep. And it's absolutely, it's only for message board people. It's, it's, we don't cut, take the best questions and make it an article. It's only for the message board. Folks. Yeah. So man, if you have not become a member at boards, Irish breakdown.com up next, we have the mailbag. So stay tuned right here on the Irish breakdown podcast. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.